Welcome back to the latest Local Wisdom Slog. We're here to talk about the uh, Apple event that happened this past Tuesday. I'm here with Dan Spedaleri of the Curation Team. How are you doing, Dan? How's it going, Ganesh? And we're also here with Chris Piskowski, also of the Curation Team. How's it going, Chris? Pretty well, Ganesh. And I'm Ganesh Natarajan. I'm, I guess I'm your host for today's event. Let's uh, So let's get into it. Dan, you wanted to start off? Well, right away, right off the bat, I want to talk about GarageBand. I'm like really, really, really excited about what they did with GarageBand, namely the new drummer feature. The fact that you can just jam and have this program follow along with you is pretty like earth shattering. They have their own little personas, they have their own drum kits, you can make the sound more complicated, less complicated. I'm very excited about it as a musician and I can't wait to see what I can do with it from a songwriting perspective. And as a musician, Dan, do you actually use GarageBand? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah. I record demos on it all the time. I got a whole bunch of them right now. Is it, is it the, the one thing that was unclear from the presentation? Is it only for drums, or like can you do like add bass? Can you add? Well, they already have that stuff built into GarageBand. GarageBand is actually a pretty amazing recording program, as it is. So right. for them to do something like this is pretty pretty significant, I think. Are we recording this on GarageBand? Oh yeah, absolutely. This yes. is getting recorded directly into GarageBand. Yes, we'll be we'll be putting this together with GarageBand. Fantastic, fantastic. But yeah, that's what, that's my two cents on GarageBand. Love it. Can't wait to play with it. Want to download it like right now? But we have to record the slog. Let's talk about the Mac Pro. More importantly, how Apple's redefining the role of the desktop. Everything in it, flash-based, no moving parts. It's quiet. It's small and it's a powerhouse. The thing's a little cylinder. You can throw it in a bag, you can take it with you, and you can daisy chain the things together to get more power. I don't think that most general consumers are necessarily using a desktop anymore. I think this is geared at industry professionals. I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate. Okay. I don't think it's really that different from an existing desktop. I think that we've learned that Microsoft is trying to reinvent the desktop, especially with like one of the stuff they've done with Windows 8. Uh, they're trying to bring more of that tablet feel to the home desktop. But they're getting criticized heavily. And the fact that this, I guess this doesn't have a native hard drive. It only relies on things like Flash, like the Flash drive technology. Like, is that really that big of a difference? Like, what's the difference between make, me taking the computer somewhere and me taking the Flash drive somewhere? Just taking the power with you. More and more people are becoming more reliant on mobile devices. Uh, having a, a powerful machine just kind of laying around is going to be less and less likely. The portability is really important thing. I don't think they're there yet, but I see where they're going I think people will be able to carry around their, their power machines and use their other devices for light, everyday computing. I don't disagree with that, but I would say that for travel, the laptop is still going to be king. What will this machine be able to do that, say, a laptop, like, say, a MacBook, the new MacBook Air or whatever they announce on Tuesday? What's the difference? Yeah, well, I think eventually you'll get to the point where a laptop will have enough power that you won't need a desktop anymore. I, I think Apple's smart enough I would hope they're smart enough that they never develop their product line to make another product obsolete. So where the laptop does fall short, screen real estate. The biggest MacBook Pro screen size is... I think it's 17 inches. 17 inches. Ganesh, how big is your monitor here at the office? It's like 24. Would you rather hook up a Mac Pro to that or be handcuffed by the overall dimensions of the device you're carrying around. Well, I mean, if I have a choice, then I'm going to use the monitor. But in some scenarios, if I'm on the go or on travel, then some people don't have that choice, right? Mm -hmm. So, And that is where they're trying to position the iPads as more of a doing device than a viewing device. So there will always be instances where 
you're going to want the laptop. There's certainly going to be industry professionals out there that would rather carry around their Mac Pro if you're a consultant, a contractor, maybe your full-time job is to be in a bunch of different places, you know, over the course of a week and you need to take this processing power with you. And then there's going to be a, a demographic that just wants the iPad. They don't need the keyboard. Yeah, and that's and I think that's what Apple is saying here. I don't think the Mac Pro is for everybody. I think they're, they're gearing it more towards professionals. And I think you're absolutely right. I think they're gearing iPads towards everyday users. They're not going to develop themselves out of marketability with their product line. Let's talk about Mavericks. The fact that it was free was one of the most significant announcements Apple made. You know, somebody want to pay $200 to Microsoft to upgrade their system when they could buy a Mac and get free software updates. I mean, they already set up the paradigm with their iOS. Why not do it with their desktops? It's a secondary device now to their mobile device. Right. So I feel like culturally, that's the most significant thing that happened at the announcement. Culture, I think culturally it's important, but is it really going to have an impact? I would say Microsoft is probably not going to change. You can already get like the other secondary devices like Linux and things for free. I disagree. I think that it's going to slowly start to change how people think how people think about software. But the you have to remember that Apple's market share is so is so significantly less than Microsoft's market share. For and, now. and for now, and Apple. I mean, people have been saying for now for years, and it hasn't really changed that much. It's changed significantly. I'd say in the last ten years. People didn't even know. People didn't even know how to use. Didn't even know what a Mac was. There's a lot of people in society who didn't even know what a Mac was. What about in the last five years? All over the last five years since Apple took off. Yeah, I would say no. They're still they're still in the twenty fifteen to twenty percent range. I've seen industry professionals walking around with iPads, doing their business on iPads, and and carrying around iPhones. No Um, more Blackberries. No more. No more IBM laptops. I'm not talking about. It's changing. Uh, where you're talking about tablet, I don't know. If you're, you're talking about tablet and mobile, where mm-hmm. Apple clearly dominates. They control eighty percent of the market. Yeah. In the desktop and laptop market, they only control fifteen. I think where people get this topic skewed, and excuse me for interrupting, but when you compare Apple and Microsoft, there's a hundred, not a hundred, but there's a battery of different hardware manufacturers that put Microsoft's product on their machine. And I think that's why their market share towers in comparison to Apple's because you're only going to get Apple software on an Apple device. Right. And that was the point of eventually I was going to get to. Their, the scope of their product is so limited that it doesn't really affect that many people. So is it really going to have the market impact of changing the dynamics of the marketplace and saying, okay, the other 85% of the market or the other 80% that are on a different OS... Are they going to start getting free updates? Probably not. Even if the market share doesn't shift, it's it's going to cement Apple's current following to the point where another product isn't even on the radar. Right. They're going to have the whole suite. They're going to have you know the Mac Pro. They're going to have an iPad, and they're going to have their iPhone, and they're going to be completely happy with that. Right. And never even blink at a Microsoft product. Right, and that kind of goes into the point that I wanted to make about that Apple, like, really trying to build, like, an ecosystem that, like, you know, someone can work on their MacBook Pro and then could go work on their iPad and then still get Keynote through 
you know, iCloud, and they they've totally embraced the cloud computing model, and it feels like the ecosystem that Apple has as a whole is the bigger impact than you know free Maverick upgrade. The fact that they're creating an entire world of Apple products that no matter what Apple product you buy, you're you're going to have an entryway into this world. It's just a matter of okay, do you need an iPhone? Do you need the tablet? Do you need uh, the laptop or desktop or MacBook Pro or Mac Pro, all, a million different products. So they're just creating a different, like the product is the entryway, but like this whole world of the keynote and all that, that, that I think is the revolutionary part of this. Yeah, no matter what your lifestyle and what product you buy to fit that lifestyle, you're going to get you, the same experience. Right, exactly. Ac- you're going to have access to the same experience as you know, the person next to you using a different, different Apple product. Different Apple product. And I think that's kind of the way. I think that's that's the main takeaway I've taken from a lot of these Apple events. I'd like to just touch back on, Dan, your point on the portability of the new Mac Pro. One of the most groundbreaking things I felt was touched on during the presentation yesterday was the size of the new iPad Air. A lot of people might scoff that it's not a big deal, but if anyone listening's ever worked in manufacturing or with electronics, they can concede that shaving almost half an inch off of an already small product and still achieving the same battery life and making it faster is a huge, huge, huge leap forward, not just for the product, but for mobility and future applications of that technology. Like I think the biometrics Apple incorporated into the new iPhone 5S is going to be the way you unlock your car and or start your car in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, I agree. I think the biometrics is very significant. I'm not so sure. There's a lot of privacy concerns. There's a lot of, okay, especially with, like, these revelations about, like, what kind of data the government is now collecting and these types of things. Like, what type of government private industry is now handing over to the government. So I'm not so sure if there's going to be a full-fledged buy-in from the consumer for complete biometric security. Well, I think internet privacy would be a good slot. I think that's a very good point. What is internet privacy? Does does it exist? Should it exist? It's becoming... How to make it exist? Does it need to exist? On the interwebs. I don't want people to see all the weird shit I'm listening to on Spotify. So, I guess that wraps it up for today's slot. Uh, I think overall it was a great discussion. We look forward to hearing your comments on social media. Tweet at us, at Local Wisdom. Uh, You can hit us up on Facebook. It should be Local Wisdom Inc. You can hit us up on Instagram. We'll be posting different production photos. You can hit us up on uh, LinkedIn as well. If you want to learn more about us professionally and all that stuff, uh, you can also comment on our blog at localwisdom.com backslash blog. We have some more awesome slogs coming up, so we look forward to giving all that our awesome uh, content out there for you. See you next time.